beautiful friends and welcome back to Faith Fueled Woman. This is your host, Kristen. I am so excited for today's episode. I have an amazing interview with my guest who she just loves Jesus. She really is going to inspire you to have a relationship with God, to do every day with Christ. She's going to inspire you to truly get to know the truths of God. And she is going to inspire you to really understand that we can let God interact with us in our everyday lives. And we can trust that he will provide and he will be there for us. We talk about a peace barometer and how our days should be so much more peaceful than so many of us are living. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith-Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what He has for us? Hi, I'm Kristen. I am an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God to design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God, and your family. This is the podcasting community for you. Your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen. And let's be encouraged. And I did just want to let you know, if you haven't signed up for my email newsletter yet, just go to faithfueledwoman.com and there is a place to sign up at the top. But I'm going to be doing giveaways. I'm going to be giving away books and other amazing resources and things that have inspired me in my faith. So make sure you go sign up because I'm going to be sharing each week for a while, some people that have signed up, what they're going to get. So uh, if you're in the U.S., it may be mailed to you. If you're not, it may have to be an electronic option. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Marnie Swedberg. She is a speaker, an author, a coach, and entrepreneur. She's also the founder of the Christian Women's Speaker Directory, and she has been serving faith-filled Christian women for over 20 years in their faith and stepping out with their messages to share it with churches and Christian organizations and just people all over the world. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with her today because she's such an inspiring and encouraging woman, a businesswoman, but also just such a woman of strong faith. So welcome, Marnie. Hey, thanks. Good to be here, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Well, Marnie, can you start off with just telling us a little bit about just your background and how you even got into all the work you've done over these years and being an author of many Christian books. And then what are you doing now? And what is your faith journey? What does that look like? Yeah, so I think I want to just start by saying that I'm kind of not the person you would think that could have written 14 books because when I was a kid, I didn't really know how to read until I graduated from high school. I kind of just um, memorized words and slogged my way through sounding out all the rest of them. And it didn't really come to me. I was dyslexic and uh, it was just a long time ago and there wasn't a lot of help for that. And so I just uh, really kind of struggled my way through school. Then as an adult, I out from under the pressure of school, I was able somehow to relax enough to be able to learn how to read and read for enjoyment, at which Kristen, I read basically everything I could get my hands on. I would sometimes read 200 books in a short period of time. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of went nuts then, and then, uh, had a family and raising our kids, homeschooling our kids, because I felt like, you know, the schools had failed me so much. And I felt like, okay, I want to make sure that my kids get the training that they need for their individual styles 
And so took that on, which was crazy insane. Every morning I'd just wake up and say, okay, God, teach them what they need to know for life. You know, and I, of course, used curriculums and all, you know, syllabuses and all that. But because I was such a school failure myself, it was highly intimidating to do it and yet felt so called to do it. So we homeschooled our three kids, K through 12. And um, now they're all, you know, all they're in the world successfully working and uh, helping others. And I just want to encourage any woman who's listening, if you feel like God's calling you to something that's way too big for you. He loves to do that. That's kind of his middle name is calling us to do things that we can only do independence on him. And so there came a time about 1992 when people started asking me the question, how do you do that? And it was related to cooking. And I was serving over 100 guests in my home per month and feeding them meals um, and refreshments and stuff for an average of 50 cents a person and people. And I was also very busy at that time. I was the women's ministry leader and had my kids homeschooling and I was the uh, friends of the library president. And I mean, just all kinds of juggling, all kinds of balls. So people started asking me, how are you doing that? How are you able to entertain, serve such great food? Because uh, we were a single uh, income family uh, and do all this. And so I just, what I did is I went to the library and I started interlibrary loaning books that would explain to people what I was doing in the kitchen. And I couldn't find one after interlibrary loaning, hundreds of books. I just couldn't find one. And what was funny was that along the way, I came up to uh, some books that were really not very well written um, that I really thought, you know, if these people could get published, maybe I could publish what I'm doing. So I began the four-year journey of writing a cookbook that's called uh, Kitchen Shortcuts, and it's still available in multiple printings and revisions today. But that's how my book writing uh, started with the cookbook. And then it went on. And now I've done several things, including women's ministry guide, how to start one and run one uh, retreats for women, uh, Bible studies, my most recent one just came out a couple weeks ago called spiritual growth. And this this is the craziest book, uh, because it is for people who don't know about Jesus, who've ruled him out or, or who are hostile toward him. And so in this particular book, There is no plan of salvation. There is no call to salvation. Instead, there are 31 days, 31 chapters that call you to actually ask deeply in your own heart, what do I really want from spirituality? And then at the end, there's a comparison of 20 top religions that help you identify how you get in, what your life is like when you're in it, how how this religion deals with forgiveness, what happens to you after you die. Uh, and so it allows a person who doesn't even know they need Jesus or has ruled him out to look at the options and go from there. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. So good. My goodness. So, yes. Yeah, so I love that you shared that because some of that, of course, I hadn't uh, heard that yet uh, from you. So I, I love what you shared. And it is really encouraging because to your point is, I think often that happens in life and it definitely happens when you're, you know, a a Christ follower, which is, okay, I know sort of this is the direction or this is what I'm being called to, but I don't really know how I'm going to make it happen. Right. But that's not, that's not Uh really what we're being asked to do. It's just to take that next little step. Right. And you've continued to do that with all the new things you've done, all the things that put on your heart to, show women, well, this is how you can, you know, um, invite people in and have, you know, be show hospitality or show, um, you know, how, how to give, you know, and then how to, you know, raise your kids the way you wanted to raise them and give them what they needed. So it's amazing. I love that. 
Uh, so were you always, was your faith always strong from the time you were young or did you, mm-hmm. what did that look like for you? So I came to trust Christ when I was four years old. I was raised in a Christian family. My mom and dad loved God, loved each other and loved us. And uh, that was really an amazing childhood to have. And so I came to Christ early and then kind of just did Jesus, you know, all along. And then as a young adult, really had a revival in my heart and, you know, started spending a lot of time with Jesus, you know, praying and just talking with him, getting to know him. And then again, in my late thirties, had another kind of revival where at that point it was so radical that I thought, wow, it's almost like I never even knew him before. Yeah. And so um, once again, just to those of you listening, um, there's always going to be more of Jesus for you to comprehend more for you to embrace and to know and to um, enjoy actually. And I think that that's one of my favorite parts about God is that he's way too big for us to get our heads around. Mm -hmm. And so when we put him in a little box, that's the box actually that he stays in, in our mind, but he's way bigger than that. And so just to continue to grow in your journey and hang out with people who love Jesus and who are living Jesus, you know, look, look for the fruit in their lives hang out with those people and learn from them how they're getting to know Jesus better. Absolutely. And one of um, Pastor Mark Batterson's books, he talks about that concept. And I think it might've been um, A.W. Tozer that, that maybe mentioned it as well, but it's that how big is your God? And most of the mm-hmm. time we see him from our human construct, right? Instead mm-hmm. of from his, you know, all powerful, almighty. And what can happen though, is we think, oh, our problems are bigger than God. Right. Our our prayers, right. what we're asking for, the miracles we're, we're we're thinking, oh, but but I don't know if God will do it or if he can do it. And that's the problem, right, is that we have to remember he is so much bigger and so much, you know, more than we could even comprehend, you know, and we have to keep remembering that God is bigger than all these things. Right. All the you know, maybe you lost your job or you're struggling in your marriage, but we have to remember it's, is your God bigger than your problems? You know? And I, and I love that idea because I think we do have to realize we often put him in a box. We see him as too small or not as capable, you know, as, as he is. Hebrews eleven six is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says that in order to please God, you must believe that he exists and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I pray that prayer almost every day. I am diligently seeking you, God. I am looking for good from this. And and when I find myself being faithless, because we can either be faithful or we can be faithless, you know, I mean, those are the two options. And when I find myself being faithless, I actually kind of have this humorous thing I see in my mind. And I kind of sometimes say, well, God, I'm just not sure if you're up for this one, you know, like it's so dumb. (laughs) Why, why do we even ever have that question? But again, it's back to what you were saying earlier. He's calling us into the, to walk on water. And it's like, we don't know how to walk on water. And we know that actually physically, humanly, we can't walk on water. And so we have a hard time to say yes to him Mm -hmm. when he asks us to walk on water. But that's exactly what he wants. He wants us in that position of dependence. You know, the psalmist says, by my God, I can run through a troop and by my God, I can leap over a wall. He wants us right there where we'll say yes, no matter what he's asking us to do. 
when I do intake interviews with the speakers for womenspeakers.com, these are often gals who are very skilled um, uh, communicators. They've probably, many of them have written books. Um, they've been out speaking and sharing God's message sometimes for decades before they come to womenspeakers.com. And a lot of them say the same thing to me, even though they've been walking with God, watching him do miracles through them their whole lives or for many, many years. A lot of them will say, you know, but right now, God's asking me to do blank, and I just don't even know how to do it. And we all share this in common when we're living a God-sized life. And I love the verses in Psalms that says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So it's that you have this picture out in the future. It's like, maybe it's, if you say the analogy of you're walking through the woods and you know, the cabin is over there to the West. <laughs> so you're going that direction. You can't see the cabin. It's dark at night. All you've got is your little flashlight and you're walking through the woods. And basically all you can see is the next step or two. That's all you actually need to see. But what we want to do in order to feel very safe and in control and um, comfortable is we want to be able to see the whole path and make sure it's all going to be okay. And when we're walking with God, that's what makes it hard is he's like, nope, walk by faith, not by sight, walk by faith. Mm. It's very difficult for us to say yes to that. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the truth of it, right? Is that once we sort of have this prompting, whatever it is, or this call, or just, you know, maybe this... um, feeling like, oh, I Vision, should reach. Right. Yeah. yeah, which whatever. Yeah, it depends, right? It, sometimes it's small things like, oh, I should go do something for this person that I came upon or my neighbor. And other times it's a bigger, like you said, vision on our lives. But to your point is God might give us these things, but then he's, he is looking for us to step out of faith. Like you said, take one little baby step at a time, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that we need to know, oh, wait, you're supposed to go write books or you're supposed to homeschool your children. You only have to take the next step or the next thought like, oh, well, what could I do with this? Just like you, all these women asking you about how do you do this with the food and make it um, financially feasible for you to bring all those people into your home and welcome them and and show them, um, you know, this this way of loving them. Right. This this Christian way of loving them. You realize, hold on, this book doesn't exist. This information doesn't exist in a way that I can give it to them. You just right. kept doing learning. You were learning. You were figuring it out. It wasn't like you said, oh, I'm just going to write a book. You know, in 1992, you, you weren't even <laughs> thinking that yet. But then you look, right. all these small steps finally got you to the first book and then the next book and the next book, right? And right. so that's the thing is you didn't know when you started, you were going to write 14 plus books or keep writing books. Right. It was just right. the first step of saying, how can I, right. how can I help these women give them what they're asking for? You know? Right. I still remember when I still remember when the first my first editor at St. Martin's Press, um, she said, she said, you've got more books in you. And I was thinking, probably not. You know, I really feel like this tapped out yeah. <laughs> everything that was in there. Right. <laughs> but in, in when God put womenspeakers.com on my heart, I was just minding my own business. And here comes this blue clickable U.S. map in my brain. And I'm walking around and I've got this blue clickable US map in my brain. And I'm thinking, what is that? What is it? I don't even know what it is. And so it took time to just understand what it was. And God just put in my heart, you know, there are speakers bureaus for the mega churches who can afford to fly in the big names, but Mm -hmm. all the little churches, medium, large churches, all the tiny groups, they don't have anybody. They are looking for speakers and there are speakers in their city or in the city next door 
who've never spoken to their group, but they can't find them. They need a place to find them. And so that's, so that's why, you know, we have 1300 speakers over there. And sometimes people are like, I don't want to join that. There's too many. I'm like, well, there's 250,000 churches. I mean, there's not too many. Right. <laughs> we still have, we still have whole areas that don't even have one speaker listed yet. Yeah. You know, it's a big world. And we don't think, we think of it like what we have seen or what we know or what we understand, but it's so much bigger than our minds. Mm-hmm. But when we are tapped into the mind of Christ, all of a sudden, he can give us a vision or a mission that's so much bigger than our small worlds. Mm-hmm. And then he can, he can, it's like, we don't have to grow into the shoes. We just have to put our feet on his feet and let him walk us. Mm-hmm. So good. And, you know, I find this all the time for myself, you know, I sort of have that big vision that's been put on my heart. And often, though, I can get stuck in the day to day weeds, right? And and I have to stop myself and pull myself back and remember the big vision that I'm moving towards, right? <laughs> and yes, I don't know exactly every piece of it. But I know, I know the call, right? And so I have to be careful, because I can get in the busy. And then I can lose sight of hold on, how does this tie mm-hmm. back? What is, you know, what is this? What am I doing? What am I trying to build? What am I being called to do? And so, you know, to your point is we don't always know the pieces, but if we can remember what he's calling us to do and being, be willing to try it, be willing to just do something towards it. You know, I think it's so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, you know, for someone like me, I'm, I'm such an organized person. I love to have all my ducks in a row. I make sure I know what's going to happen next and when and who's doing it and all that. Right. So it's really hard for me to, um, to just trust at this level is just, it's just a constant learning curve for, mm-hmm. for 10 years. I had a girls club in my home called Amael. It's in Hebrew. It means servant girl of the Lord. And it was for 11 to 15 year olds. They would come into my home three afternoons a week after school and the bus would drop them off at the front door and up to 12 of them would come hustling in Mm -hmm. and we would make a meal or meals for families in need that would go out and they would actually need to eat this food. So it was really intense Um, when they would come where I'm teaching 11 year olds how to cook and a family who's going through a hard time is planning on it for supper. So it was a lot of <laughs> intensity. And yeah. uh, I had, uh, uh, it was just such a learning curve. And I remember one of the very first times I had plans for what we were going to do, we were going to make meals for a couple of families. And right before the girls were due to come, the phone rang two times in a row. And the families both said something had come up and they didn't need the meal that night. But thank you very much. And I was like, okay, God, I've got all these girls coming in a couple minutes. I've got food and that's all I have prepared for us to do. So what are we going to do? And I thought, oh, I can call. And I called a friend and she's like, oh, not tonight. And I called another friend with seven kids. And she's like, oh, tonight my father's taking us out for supper. And it was like, I I remember I was so frustrated with God. I was like, what am I going to do with these girls? And I remember I slammed my hands down on the counter in front of me. And I looked straight up and I'm like, God, this club was your idea and you're going to have to fix this. And then I went up my stairs and I'm watching the girls come off the bus and I'm like, oh, I don't know. So we go in the kitchen and welcome them and we have a little snack for them. And then I said, well, you guys, here's the deal. We were going to make all these meals tonight, but now the people we're going to make them for don't need it. So I'm not sure what we should do. And one girl, she says, well, our um, teacher, our one teacher just had back surgery. Do you think we could send her a meal? 
And I said, sure, do you know her name? We can try to find her. And another girl said, there was a family in need in her church. And could we send them a meal today? And that's what we ended Mm -hmm. up doing. And it was such a lesson to me because, you know, I'm in the fire, basically. I always say, you know, I hate those midnight hour answers where God waits till the midnight hour. And I hate worse the ones where he lets you go in the fire and then he pulls you out of the fire. You know, those I really, really hate. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, I really like the advance notice stuff. But when we're walking with God and we want him to do, you know, he doesn't get to do miracles when everything's going well. Mm-hmm. Miracles only happen when there's a huge mess. That's right. There's no miracle when you can do it all by yourself. He doesn't need to show up actually. Mm, exactly. You can just go ahead and do it all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And there's a time and a place where we are supposed to do that. And then there's a time and a place when it's well beyond our ability and our effort, right? Without his Mm -hmm. ability and power, right? And so you're right. And we have to be looking for and plan for both, you know, to to expect and do both. Can I loop back around on that for just a second? Absolutely. So there came a day, see, I'm such an independent person. And because I struggled so much through school, I think I became more independent and I found ways to survive, right? Mm -hmm. You find ways to make it work. And so I became very you know, uh, ingenious at finding shortcuts and different pathways around the blocks that I hit as a child. Uh And so as an adult Christian, then I would be like, okay, God, I don't understand. Like, I remember one day standing in front of my closet saying like, do you want to pick what I wear today? Like how much involvement do you actually want in my life? (laughs) Right. You know, because honestly, I think he does want involvement in every piece of my life. And Mm -hmm. so I just couldn't identify what the difference was. And I remember that, that day he said, well, Marty, when you're standing in front of the closet and you're, you have any level of anxiety at all, then I want to be part of the decision. But if you're just going to your closet and confidently by faith, pulling something out and putting it on and moving on with your day, you're fine. Just go forward. Right. But the thing is that he really wants to be intricately involved with everything we do. And, and I like First uh, Corinthians 13 if we use the word agape for love there, because there's four kinds of love, three are humans and one are God. Agape love is God's love. And first Corinthians 13 is talking all about God's love. So if I sell everything I have and give that to the poor, but I do it without God's love flowing through me, it only does as much as it can do in the moment. But as soon as God's love flows through me to accomplish that task, then it does it for eternity. And when I understood this, Kristen, it changed my life. It changed my motivations. It changed how I think about everything because I can spend my whole days doing good, feeding the poor, uh, doing whatever, and it counts for nothing more than it accomplishes in the moment. Or I can live my whole life, and God taught me this changing diapers, I can live my whole life with Jesus and have every last thing count for eternity. And this is the difference, you know, so I think he really does want to be part of every last thing we're doing, but that doesn't mean that he wants us to be um, ridiculously um, consumed with checking in. May I take the next breath, right? Just go ahead. But but when you cannot breathe, cry out to me. And I call it the air of prayer. So like a dolphin, a dolphin doesn't breathe constantly because a dolphin can go underwater for up to five minutes without taking a breath. But as soon as the dolphin's body starts 
quaking, shaking, and needing air. It goes up for air. We are we are earth dwellers, but we're prayer breathers. That's how we were designed. And if we feel ourselves shaking, quaking in any way, I say my my peace shoelaces have come untied. If I notice that anything is a little upset, that's God saying, come talk to me about this. Mm-hmm. Go up for air through prayer. And that's the pray without ceasing that it's talking about in, in Thessalonians. And that used to make me nuts because I'm like, I can't do it. I can't pray without ceasing. I just keep getting interrupted. But the reality is, is that when we use our peace barometer, which it talks about in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in you, acting as an umpire. Are you at peace or aren't you at peace? Because as soon as you're not at peace, check in because peace is available to you because God is at peace right now. Mm. Yeah. So go sit with him. Absolutely. I think that that's so well said. And it's a hundred percent true. And I, I often talk about it on the podcast or other things I've done is, you know, it, you know, when you start your day, you know, and you make time for God and throughout the day, when you do the same, you take those moments to breathe, to pray, to, you know, welcome in the Holy spirit, you, you know, whatever the things, all the things, yeah. those days when I do that, the peace, the joy upon my day is so much right. more than the days or the moments where maybe something got off and I didn't take the same amount of time. Yes. <laughs> it's not that I'm, it's not crazy frazzled necessarily, but it, it, there is a different sense about my day and about me and my interactions with people, you know? And so to your yeah. point, that's a great example of how we can keep checking in with ourselves and, you know, when and how do we need to keep reaching out to and, and being in relation and connection with God. So that's really great. I love that. Instead of it being a pressure thing, which I always felt it was like, yeah. I should pray more like that right. pressure feeling instead of that, it's this opportunity really. Yes. It's this, it's this invitation, um, both to have a closer relationship with God, as well as to be used by God. There was a day um, I was just working in my kitchen and um, I, I was going back and forth between the counter I was working at and another count, a cupboard where I had some of the supplies I needed. And I would walk back and forth and I'd be like, I'd get over there and I'm like, what did I need? And I walked back over, looked at the recipe, yeah. walked back again, and I got there again and I couldn't remember what I needed. I walked back <laughs> and I did it a third time. And I'm like, God, what's going on? And he's like, just come away. So I just left my recipe on the counter and I went in my bedroom. And as soon as I shut the door, I just was, I laid flat down on my face on the floor and started to sob. Now, this is not normal for me at all. In fact, I kind of think that's crazy, but that's what happened that day. And I cried. And the only word that would come to my mind was Kathy. Somebody named Kathy was in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so I just laid on my floor and I just prayed and I cried. I just cried for Kathy. And I didn't even know what it was about. And about an hour later, I got up as if it had never happened. And I went back and I completed the recipe in the kitchen. And I was just like, what was that? That was so bizarre. You know, I just, right. I, you know, come, come take me away. People in white robes, you know, <laughs> you know I, I think I'm, I'm ready for the loony bin here. But then, but then the next day at church, a lady named Kathy, who was a childcare provider, a baby had died in her home right then. And God needed somebody to intercede for Kathy right then. Oh. And I got to be the one, you know, and that changed it for me, Kristen, because you think, 
oh, it's so interruptive. It's so much work. I feel so much pressure. But it's really this amazingly good God saying, I invite you to come be used by me. Come. Be my flow through vessel. Come. I have something special for you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So how powerful. Yeah, and I think it's really that we just have to be opened and paying attention to those promptings and to those, you know, those feelings, the intuition that we're getting. Because to your point, often, whether it's something that's so immediate or, I mean, whether it's in my own life and people that, you know, you just, I just felt called to go give something to or do something with or have a conversation with later, right? You don't, you don't always know it in the moment. Often you (laughs) don't, normally you won't know it and you may never know it, right? How you impacted a life because you felt this pull or this call or this urge to go take action or speak in love or, or do some kind of act. But when you do that later, often you will find that meant so much to me that really changed something or, you know, it just, you just have to listen. And there's so many beautiful stories that people have about you know, I was driving down somewhere and, but I kept being told <laughs> to drive further. Right. And right. The interaction right. they had, they could have never known. They could never, if, you yeah. know, but it's like, it's miraculous. You know, that the two people connected at this right. one moment where had this person just right. gone where they were supposed to originally go. But I think that's why we have to pay attention and then listen as best we can, you know, to these pulls yeah. and these promptings. And I do believe, I do believe that the, our, our willingness and availability like that comes in direct proportion with how big and how personal we think our God is. So as long as we just think he's great big, well, then he's off somewhere in the distance. But if he's big and also personal, Mm -hmm. then we know that he's right here with me. And I mean, this is the thing that takes our breath away, right? Is that the God of the universe wants to have a relationship with me to the point where he cares if I lose my car keys. Right. How could he care? Why would he care? Except that when we have a human relationship that's very close, they care. If my husband loses his car keys, I go help him find them. That's right. Because I love him and he needs them. (laughs) So why wouldn't God want to be that intricately involved in our lives? And then, you know, to that point again, when my husband is doing something and he calls me and will you come help me with this? And I can, why wouldn't I? That's right. Right? That's right. So when you're in a loving relationship and you truly trust the person, you trust this God. Then you want to say yes. You find that they're available to you as well. And this is where the love just grows into this thing where, you know, the stories you're talking about, these should be happening every day. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I was talking with a new friend in Palestine or in Pakistan, rather. And she said to me after we had spoken, she was going to take my spiritual growth survey and she was excited about it. She's Muslim. She's excited to take this spiritual growth survey. And she said, um, she said, and I want to, I have to just ask you, what is your religion? And I said, oh, my religion is Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ yeah. and that he died for us. And she said, what did you learn when you studied the, the 20 religions? And I said, well, see, that's a thing. I learned that I learned that it's the only one that makes any sense. And she yeah. said, I can't wait to read this book and I can't wait to do this. She said, because you're the most alive person I have ever spoken to. Mm. 
we don't have to go out of our way. I mean, I was, I was on a plane one day. I went to use the bathroom. Literally, I had to stand in line for the bathroom, got in a conversation with one of the flight attendants, and it led to Jesus. You don't have to go anywhere. Just go to the bathroom. Go to, go to the right. store. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to do anything special. Just talk to the people that God is putting in your life, yeah. and you will find that he loves them so much that he sent you. And when you start to really believe that, it changes everything. And when you start to believe that he's flowing through you and that he's not going to ask you to give anything he hasn't given to you, he has to give it to you first before you can give it to somebody. Right. So he's never going to ask you for too much. If you don't have it, just ask him for more (laughs) because he's he's Mm -hmm. always got more. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So true. So good. Yeah. And I think it's definitely true. You were sort of saying earlier that you've had multiple times where, you know, you had this, uh, I don't know if this is the word to use, but like a revival, right? A yes. re, uh, reconnecting, right? To a deeper, um, God, a to deeper insight into God. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had the same thing happen, you know, because yeah. I grew up in a faith, um, you know, home Christian faith. And so that was something I knew from the time I was tiny, but right. I, you know, I always just felt this pull for more, you know, to, to have yeah. more of a relationship constantly yeah. in college I studied religions and Christianity I mean I still was going to church but it's like but constantly yeah. right I just was having this pull this pull this I couldn't get enough information right yes. I mean the number right. of books I buy that are Christian based you know right. pastors writing them but but I continue the more that I've time I put in right relationally but also learning right and then just doing right. showing up and, and taking action uh, showing up in love the more I feel right. That closer connection. I feel that, um, like you said, a resurgence or a revival or a deepening, you know, and it's, and it's amazing, right? The more time I put in, the more that I put into the relationship, the more I get out of it, you know, my, in my book flow through vessel, I have this chart and it's called a trust level test. Basically it's kind of a little analysis you can do and how much you're trusting God because a lot of us, what we tend to do is we tend to have a hundred percent on the, I trust God that my eternity is secure, mm-hmm. but then we have a very low score on the, I trust God that he can help me pay my bills this week. Mm. And it's so weird. It's like, which of, which of those two is the most important or the most difficult? Right. right. <laughs> Definitely the eternity piece, right? If we should be freaking out about anything, it should be that part. Yeah. But we tend to limit God to the stuff that we can't affect. Right. But where God becomes real to us, where our faith and our trust actually grow and develop into this gigantic shield of faith mm-hmm. is when we start letting him interact with us in the daily everythings, in the mm-hmm. little stuff, That's in so the, the sorrows and the pains that I have today. And I just... You know, I just want to confess and be really honest here. Just two days ago, I was so out of sorts. And I I was like, I couldn't find the peace. I couldn't find like where, uh, what's the matter? I kept saying, what's the matter with me? What's the matter with me? (laughs) Maybe some of you can relate to that. What's the matter with me? And finally, it just came back to you're thinking about yourself instead of thinking about God. Mm, And as long as I'm thinking about me, Kristen, my life is not doable. I simply can't do this with without God. I can't. I'm at, I'm at a level of intensity here mm-hmm. that unless God shows up, 
I crash and burn and I take everybody around me with me. Yeah. And I I don't want to do that, but I want to live at this level, right? (laughs) The same, the same, just last week I was sort of in the same predicament for myself, you know, and I just, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling productive. I was starting to stress myself out, you know, like what, why why can't I get the work done? Why can't I, you know, it's not a normal problem for me, but on occasion, right. There's a lot going on sometimes, right. Yeah. The day Mm -hmm. and age we live in. So of course that's expected if if you're having a family crisis or something, but you know, there was nothing, there was something, nothing, nothing nothing over the top, like emergencies. Mm -hmm. Right. But yet, and I kept having to remind myself, yeah, well, it's because I'm being called to not sit at my computer or do this work. I need to go do other things so that I can let go of the, well, I need to get this done and I have to get this and then income. And that, right. I was getting so stuck in the, to your point, the details, I was losing sight of the purpose and the just showing Mm -hmm. up in my day, you know, to serve Mm -hmm. and not worrying about the other things, you know? And and so, so sometimes I just have to realize if that's where I'm stuck, it's because there's work being done in me, right? There's change that needs to happen Yes. in that moment or yes. in that day or in, in where, what's going on in my heart. And I need to step away from what's not working because mm-hmm. otherwise I just waste my whole day and I feel even worse, you know? It's, yeah. And so I had to just say, you know what, maybe this week I was meant for other things for me to be doing or to happen within me <laughs> yep. instead of sitting here and getting all this right. production work, right? Or these to-do lists done. And so I have to honor that when that happens and realize Maybe it's that I need to go out in my garden or I need to go to wherever or I need to, right. And because maybe yeah, I'm supposed to hear away. something or have a lesson mm-hmm. taught or something. And so, mm-hmm. and it's hard, right. When you're used to certain yeah. structure and plans. Uh, so the same mm-hmm. thing has, was happening to me last week as well. Actually, even into yesterday, you're like, why do I not feel like I'm getting everything done that I think <laughs> I need to get done? Right. Right. Oh. Yeah. And there's, I mean, I think, I think what you're talking about there is making enough space to be able to hear from God, mm-hmm. whether that's just taking a nap yeah. or going, like you said, go out garden, take a little walk, go get a drink of water or whatever it is. I actually have a little timer um, that I keep in on my desk for 20 minutes. And I've experimented with different amounts of time, but mm-hmm. for me, 20 minutes is just the sweet spot. Yeah. And every 20 minutes, like not obviously when I'm on a live show like this, I don't turn it on, but when I'm right. just working projects, which I do a lot of the day, um, yeah. I have that timer. And every 20 minutes when it dings, I just check in with God. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Am I doing the right thing? You know, or yeah. how are we? Or I'm so grateful or something, just check in with Jesus, give a pause point. Absolutely. And what I find, especially with computer work is very, it, it can suck you in. And especially like if you're writing or if you're doing a long tail project like that, that involves a lot of deep thinking or a, a long process, right. you can get lost for four or six hours without ever looking up, Yeah, you know, and and the, we're built, we're built to breathe prayer. Right. And when we stop breathing, we start feeling stressed out. You think of the dolphin, if it stops going up for air, it starts to literally suffocate. And right. our souls, our spirits indicate that to us if we're tuned in. Right. And if you're not tuned into that, then you're not even noticing how stressed out you really are all the time. Right. <laughs> right. Because you're just used to that level of stress. But honestly, God really wants us to live in a lot of peace, even when things are intense. Absolutely. I so agree with that. And and I've learned that I, I definitely over the years have have come to that place much 
most all yeah. the time, you know, but right. I think still the stressor of like, oh, well, I need to, by this date, bring in more money, right? You right. start with, to your point, even <laughs> though you're like, God, I trust you, it'll work out. You st- we can still get stuck in our own minds sometimes, right? And so, but I 100% agree with you. And I definitely step away from my desk or the work I'm doing regularly, you know, constantly, because to your mm-hmm. point, I couldn't mm-hmm. do it otherwise, right? I couldn't do it and stay calm and stay mm-hmm. peaceful. And so I find the same, that I have to get up and walk out back or go in the kitchen for a minute or, you know, whatever it is I'm doing. So I think that's, that's really good advice. So let me ask you this. What other, um, just what else might you want to share with, um, you know, the listeners just about how can we step into more of what God wants for us, whether those are opportunities or just the adventure of the life he's built for us and the beauty around us. But what would you just want to share to encourage women in their faith journeys? What else? You know, you know, what's coming to mind as you ask that question right now is, is just a call to learn more about the heart of God. And you can do that by going online and just searching for um, character qualities of God or who I am in Christ. And to just start to fill your mind actually with the truth of who God says he is, not who others say he is. Mm-hmm. It's like that good, good father song. You know, I know who what others say about you, but I really want to experience you for myself. That's really, yeah. you're really not going to be able to grow in your spirituality and your Christian faith and your walk with God unless you trust him. And trust is different. Um, I don't know. It's this, this, it's just this amazing, like it's my chair that I'm sitting on. When I come up to my chair, I don't look at it every time and say, wow, I wonder if it'll hold me up this time. Sure. You know, I don't have any pause. I just come up to my office chair and I sit down and That's I just right. trust that it's just going to hold me up. And it is that level of trust that God is calling you to. And when you grow more trusting because you actually believe he's trustworthy. And I have to just tell you that there's so much wrong thinking about who God is. And even when I read through the Old Testament myself, I'm like, God, you know, you seem so harsh here. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, what are you doing? Why, why would you do those things? But in the Old Testament before Jesus, we see that God is a just and loving father. And when he is punishing his, his children is because he loves them. And he realizes, unless I do something pretty major right here, you won't come back. You're going to keep going into destruction. And he's calling them back for the sake of love. He's a jealous God in the best sense of that word, that he does not want you to get hurt. So he's going to keep you from going farther into um, destruction. Then when Jesus comes, he says, now you get to see who I really am. Mm -hmm. I am the one who says to the woman caught in adultery, where's anybody? I'm not going to condemn you either. And to the woman at the well, sweetheart, you've had so many husbands, but you are still my girl. You know, this is God's heart. So instead of paying attention to the people saying he is the only the God of the Old Testament. You know what I've come to understand? I, I read through the Bible two times last year, and I was just like, God, you have to show me something more about this Old Testament thing because it's so hard to read some of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like he's yeah. just really upset all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like, and, and honestly, without the blood of Christ to cover, to pay for our sins, we're pretty, we're pretty awful to God. Um, right. 
if, if we had a human relationship that we treated like God, sometimes going days without even talking to him or, or trying to do everything without him when he just wants to help. And, and you know, I mean, it's right. like, we have offended him in every way we can even not imagine. (laughs) And so his grace and his mercy just cover it all. Mm -hmm. But what I understood last year when I was going through it was that if we didn't have the old Testament, we would have a really hard time imagining that God is righteous because when Jesus came, he was so compassionate and loving and he, you know, was so forgiving that we would have a hard time to really believe that God had it in him to actually call for a righteous standard. Mm -hmm. But knowing the Old Testament, we can see, oh, no, no, no. That is God also. Right. God is also just, and he will not tolerate someone just going through, assuming that they're going to get off, get off of everything without any kind of a compensation, without any payment for that sin. The sin has to be paid for. And so ladies, I am calling you, and even guys who are listening, I am calling you, to learn more about who God really is instead of the God you're afraid of. And maybe you had a bad dad or an absentee dad and you can't relate to the God dad thing. I just say, imagine God as the best dad you have ever dreamt of. He's the one who loves you enough to protect you, to set boundaries so you don't get hurt, to pick you up after you fall, to love you and keep loving you and keep loving you to provide for everything you need. That is who God is. Mm -hmm. And as you come into more of a, a really deep down belief that that is who he is. Then you come into the relationship with him daily, running up to the office chair, hopping on it and going for a ride because that's who he really is. You know, I always say if somebody were to get on a roller coaster and not have a safety belt, you would be insane because you would know you were going to die. Right. But if you get on with God and you don't think he's your safety belt, why would you do that? You have a hard time to say yes, because you just know it's going to be a twisty, turny ride. (laughs) And so you better, you better trust him. If you're going to get on the ride, then trust him and keep growing in your trust of him. And how you do that is you learn about who he really is. And when you get to know him better, you will love him more. Oh, so, so well said. And yeah, I mean, I think, um, like you said, getting in the word, but also learning about him. There's so many amazing books. There's people's testimony. There's people's relationship, you know, but find those things out. Go listen, go here because it does change you. You start to say, Absolutely. that hasn't been my experience because you have, <laughs> right? Because if you're not there or you're, you're, like you said, you're not fully trusting or believing or, or right. allowing, right? The relationship to grow. And so I think when we hear more of this, it gives us a little yeah. more like, well, okay, may, maybe I'll like put my defenses down a little bit more. And so I think that's right. one reason why, right. We talk about getting in fellowship or going to a church mm-hmm. or all these things. It's because when you start hearing more of the way he transforms lives, you want yeah. more of that. And so I think that's, that's really good mm-hmm. advice is to keep learning more about who God really is. It was really interesting as um, as God had me write this spiritual growth book. That is such a different book. I yeah. I really had a hard time to write it because I I don't do anything without talking about Jesus. I'm just talking about Jesus all the time because he's the right. best thing ever. And so <laughs> uh, it was hard for me to write a book without a call to salvation in it. When I'm talking about spiritual growth, it was just about killed me. Actually, um, took a lot of just surrender to be able to do that. But what was yeah. interesting is that as God poured this book through me, um, one of the things that kept coming up was um, there were two things that kind of apply to this conversation here. One was that a lot of 
times we will talk ourselves out of a deeper faith in God because of someone's example in our life. They were, they said they had all this faith, but then you look at their life and you're like, hmm, not the life I want, you yeah. know, not, not what I'm looking for in a God. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the concern there is that we would never ask a bank robber, which bank to use, right? We would never <laughs> right. go to the worst source That's and right. say, your advice is what I'm going to take. Don't, right. don't do that. Don't rule God out because somebody was a terrible example to you right. because they were not living a life of Christ. Um, and no matter which religion you go into, I mean, you're going to find that in any religion, there will be people who abuse the system, who abuse yeah. it. So don't let that person make the decision for you. But the other one was in several of the daily um, uh, contemplations, God had me write down, who do you know in your life who is whatever, super gracious, like they just keep forgiving you and loving you. Who is that person in your life? Ask them what religion they are. Yeah. Because you actually don't want to follow a religion. You want to follow a Christ follower. I mean, you're following Christ, but then, you know, we're we're, we're under each other's knowledge. Actually, you're choosing who is putting input into your life, who you're listening to, to give you counsel. Make sure that their life is the life that you want like have i mean so many of the people who i really trust their lives are a disaster as far as they've been through so much stuff you know uh, yeah handicapped children uh diseases um loss of uh, ministry uh due to crazy stuff and, and yet their peace their joy their love their 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 grace toward me and toward others make me just long to know more about their mm-hmm. Jesus, right? Yeah. So it's not actually, are you looking for the money? It's, it's, it's the heart, the soul stuff that you're looking right. for. And who's modeling that? Follow them, follow, go where they go to the church. Absolutely. <laughs> follow that. Yep. Mm, yeah. So great. So great. Well, Marty, thank you so much for being with us today. And can you oh, share so with us, fun. how can people connect with you online and learn more about everything that you have going on with your books and your speaking and everything else? Yeah. So the main hub is just my name, M-A-R-N-I-E, Marnie.com. Just go over there. I have, I have a coaching mentorship program. You can do group, group coaching with me or one-on-one. Plus there's tons, 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 literally tons of free trainings over there with over 500 experts on pretty much anything in leadership that you would ever want to know. And then um, also, if you are a Christian women speaker or no one, send them over to womenspeakers.com. Or if you need one, um, if you're looking for a speaker for your event, uh, visit womenspeakers.com. Well, Marnie, thank you so much for being with us today, sharing your faith journey, but just uh, sharing so many tidbits on how can we keep just, you know, connecting with and having a relationship with God and just doing everyday life, you know, you know, following Christ. And so I appreciate it. And I thank you for everything you shared with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Christian. What fun we had. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up, I have a seven-day encouragement challenge. If you'd like to sign up, go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days of Christian encouragement and inspiration to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Faith Fueled Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend. And if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in.